In this episode, we learn a little bit about Jay's experience in the military, a significant event that happened when he got out that was caused by him not really dealing with his emotions, and then the journey that he's on now actually helping and serving others. So I hope you enjoy the episode, and we'll chat uh, right after. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Blaze Your Own Trail podcast. I am your host, Jordan Mendoza, and I've got a very special guest today. Uh, His name is Jay Elias, and I'll go ahead and let him introduce himself. How you doing, uh, Jordan? Yeah, so I'm the owner of Evolution Art Studio, and uh, I'm so glad to have met you. Awesome. Awesome. And so currently, Jay, you are in the Detroit, Michigan area. Is that correct? Yeah, man. We're like a few miles away from Canada, right on the river. Okay. So it's probably really warm there right now. Actually, it's like 45, I think today. So it's it's pretty nice out. That is nice. That is nice for Detroit in January. Actually, I, I took a business trip one time to... Um, Auburn Hills in January and I remember the high was like 11 so uh, <laughs> I would definitely say that uh, 45 on January 3rd in De- Detroit or northern Detroit is definitely like the summertime there yeah man no doubt and so listen we had a chance to to wrap to talk a little bit before we uh, started the episode and you've got such a compelling story and uh, the story that you have, it, it is unique, but, you know, in our society, we hear these types of stories a lot. And so I want you to just take us, uh, take us on this journey. Let, let's first start out. So how were you as a kid? Like when you were growing up, uh, you know, how were you? Were, were you an active kid? Were you a laid back kid? How, what type of kid were you? So I was always pretty shy. Um, I, I, I can remember like in third grade. I had to get glasses, so I was always like that kid that got picked on, you know. Um, definitely very nerdy. Always wanted to like read books when uh, the other kids were playing with Lincoln Logs and stuff. So I was always trying to like learn stuff. But um, yeah, I wasn't like super athletic, but I wasn't, uh, you know, I didn't shy away from sports. Let's put it like that. Okay. And did you have uh, any sports that you had favored when you were a kid? So when my parents got divorced, uh, my brother and I moved to Brooklyn, uh, back to Brooklyn with my dad. And uh, we did like, uh, you know, peewee football. So that was the big thing back then. Okay. Yeah, Yeah. football, football is definitely one of those, you know, sports. It's team sports. So you start to learn some of that camaraderie and teamwork and things like that and and so you know you you went on to to high school you had mentioned that you went to a was it a vocational school yeah aviation high school in uh, Long Island City Queens so for me that was actually like a a big thing because uh, you know in Brooklyn you got local schools you could basically walk to school you know Um, that's kind of how it was where I grew up but I chose to go to school in Queens and we had to take the subway and it took me an hour, 45 minutes, one way. I had to switch trains in 42nd street in Manhattan 
which, you know, if you know anything about New York, back in the 80s, you know, the, the late 70s, early 80s, um, it wasn't like the greatest yet, you know. So it, it was challenging um, to go to school, but it was one of those things where, like, I made a commitment. So um, I made sure it happened, you know. Okay. Awesome. And then after school, you joined the military. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Right. So um, I got recruited, you know, right out of high school, like a lot of kids do. Stars in your eyes and, you know, that sense of patriotism and wanting to do something for your country and, you know, wanting to challenge yourself with boot camp and whatnot. Um, so I joined the Marine Corps, yeah, for uh, for four years. I enlisted for four years um, in 1987 and then uh, got out in 1991, right after the first Gulf War. And did you go overseas at all during your time? Yeah. So I was employed a few times. Um, when I, fir when I first uh, got out of boot camp, they sent me to, or when I got out of school, rather, they sent me to Okinawa, Japan. And uh, and we deployed from there to the mainland. Um, so I was on board uh, some naval ships then. And then uh, when we rotated back, I deployed out of North Carolina, out of uh, Camp Lejeune, actually. And uh, we went overseas to Liberia. It's over in Western Africa. And uh, participated in some humanitarian operations over there and then right about that time that's when uh the you know the first desert storm kicked off so uh we headed like over towards that direction by the time we got over there it was already over though okay right. and and so after four years you you decided to to get out so tell me a little bit about that transition back into civilian uh, civilian life yeah, so um, I can remember it pretty good, actually. I uh, I got out in November, so it was like starting to get cold. It was uh, it was a little tough finding work. Um, you know, I tried to get some some uh, work at a bus company doing some like you know as a diesel mechanic, and uh, I wound up getting the flu, and they fired me because I couldn't make it to work. So I went through through some stuff and wound up hooking up, like doing, you know, off the books type work. Um, but I wound up like uh, working for a garbage company, you know, sat private sanitation and uh, just started hanging out with the wrong types of people. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I didn't realize at the time, but I, w I was suffering pretty bad from, from PTSD. So, kind of wound up like while I was doing that type of work um you know getting into a, a violent altercation and and going to prison uh you know afterwards for a really long time so and so what was that process like i mean you know you're how how long were you removed from the military when this happened so let's see i got out in uh november I think the altercation happened in like January of uh, 1992, so a few months later, you know, 
Um, I kind of thought I had everything under control, but I was just like raging inside, man, you know. And uh, unfortunately, you know, just uh, really lack of impulse control, uh, really bad uh, decision making, you know, uh, the inability to process my emotions. I, I mean, I didn't even have the ability back then to identify uh, my emotions, much less process, you know. So it only took a few months uh, after I got out. And uh, unfortunately, like I said, I wound up, uh, I wound up shooting uh, three people. So it's not something I generally like to talk about, but it's like I told you earlier, you know, the more I talk about it, um, the easier the easier it is to talk about. So um, it's kind of something that I know I have to let go. I know I have to forgive myself um, for that. You know, that's kind of where I'm at right now. And so what was that experience like besides, I'm sure, you know, lonely and a lot of time to think to yourself, but um, was, was there any positives that, that came out from, you know, that solitude? Of being in prison? Yes. Um, man, I, I guess you could say a lot of positives came out of it. Um, just the fact that I made it through, you know, um, without killing myself uh, says a lot because a lot of people don't, you know. And then um, a lot of people come out and they're just, they're just never the same again. They can never get back to zero. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day, um, actually somebody that I met on LinkedIn. Uh, he's doing work with juvenile lifers, which is a crazy term. I don't even know how that's an actual term, you know, but um, they give kids life in prison, you know. And uh, he's working with them. And he had been locked up for a long time, you know. And we talk about just, uh, you know, the whole process and how people get institutionalized and they get out and they just can't fit back in, you know. And, and he was saying, you know, I was locked up for 10 years and, and I didn't even feel right till I had 10 years on the other side, you know, like. I felt like I had just gotten back to zero, you know, but this is a guy who's like, you know, he's pursuing a doctorate in criminal justice form, you know, criminology. So, you know, coming from him, it kind of made me realize, okay, um, you know, I'm not alone in the way I think. And there's other people that have been through the same shit that I've been through and, uh, and they're doing it. You know what I mean? They're making it happen. They're making a change. They're taking their experience and they're turning it into something good. And they're helping other people as a result of it, you know? So like, uh, I went to an event that they were hosting and met these people. Like, you know, I had, I was locked up for 11 years. I met this one lady and she had, she got locked up when she was a kid. They gave her life in prison. She did like 30 something years, man, in prison. Like, can you imagine that? The whole lifetime for some folks, you know? There's some people listening to this that ain't even 30, you know? So it's like, when I saw her, she had a smile on her face, you know? And she hugged me and she looked me in the eyes and she's like, it's gonna be all right. 
and you know this has come from someone that was locked up three times as long as I was so it kind of gave me hope you know and uh kind of inspired me to really go out and to share my story to start you know making a positive impact somewhere somehow you know so I guess if I was going to bring anything positive out of the prison experience I'd say that I just want to show other people that um you could be you know whatever they're going to say about you you know condemned by society you could be called you know a convicted felon you could be called a violent criminal you could be called whatever um but you could also take that and and make it your past and, and it's not a part of you anymore it's just it's just your past you know it, it's not you it's just something that happened to you so uh, that's kind of what i want to do is impart that that little piece to, to other people you know yeah no and i really applaud your applaud that approach i you know applaud the fact that you know for one you're even able to to tell this the story because you know it wasn't couldn't have been easy to have gone through it and, and in our conversation uh off air you had talked about somebody you had met that had inspired you and and you guys are now married can you can you tell me a little bit about that love story and and where you <laughs> met how you met and uh yeah. and you know kind of the you know how she's kind of been a rock for you yeah um so vanessa the love of my life um I met her in Puerto Rico <clears throat> when I was in a full-blown drug addiction, um, but starting to come out of it. I had just found uh, art and the creative process uh, of art, and, and uh, it, it pushed me to get out and about and start meeting people. So um, I met her, and she decided to move back to Detroit uh, with me start something fresh and something new and uh yeah man she's been there like pretty solid the whole time so mad props to vanessa <laughs> she's pretty awesome that's awesome and you had mentioned that you have you have a son so you, you you guys have one son or um actually he's not with her um so when i was on the run after i after i shot those people you know i kind of took off and, and i went down to puerto rico um, and I had a, had a son down there with somebody else actually. Yeah. But he's 25 now and he's doing his own thing. He's up here in Detroit. He's a glass blower, uh, crazy talented artist. And, uh, yeah. Okay. So he definitely got some of the strength in the art area, probably from, from dad. It sounds like then, huh? You know, his mom was a rock for him. She, um, she sacrificed basically her whole life to, to bring him up uh, as a single mom. You know, she eventually got with somebody, but um, this, you know, this wo woman has a work ethic like I've never seen in anybody else. So she was she was a really good example to him, and uh, you know, his stepdad another great example. This guy actually taught me a lot about you know what it means to be a man. Um, so, you know, he had great examples growing up, just, uh, you know, unfortunately I was in prison. So that was definitely, and still is definitely, uh, you know, a very difficult thing to deal with, uh, you know, for me and him both. So, 
but art has definitely bridged that gap um, between us for sure. So that's like another great thing about art that I love, you know, that um, it allows a healing in relationships, not just the inner healing, you know. Absolutely. So tell tell me tell us a little bit about your artwork. So what what types of things are you fabricating? What types of are you making sculptures? You know, what type of art are, are you are you doing? And then we'll get into you know where people can actually you know find your artwork. So basically, the stuff that I do is just therapy for me. I'm not like this working artist. I've never been to art school. I don't have no art degrees. I don't know anything about you know color theory or you know art history or any of this stuff i'm just a dude that likes to make stuff um i stumbled into the foundry process through the 555 nonprofit gallery and studio in detroit um they were hosting a workshop a bunch of workshops um iron casting workshop at the time um that i met them and uh there was a guy there named Casey Westbrook and a uh, fantastic artist, um, you know, cast iron art. And uh, yeah, I just got hooked on, on the metal um, and, and the whole process, the way it's all put together. You know, you got to get from A to Z. So there's a lot of letters in between, <laughs> you know, and uh, that's the beauty of it is that when you're doing cast iron art, it's gotta be collaborative. I mean, you can set it up if you're really, really, you know, intent on being by yourself, which, you know, some people are, but for me, uh, you know, collaboration is where it's at. That's when you really tap into the creative process, especially if you open yourself up and, and allow yourself to, to adjust your frequency, to tune to the frequency of the others in the group. That's when the magic happens, you know? When everybody gets together and they start brainstorming, this one comes up with that idea and that one comes up with that idea. And then, you know, as I said, in the foundry process, it takes a team to run a blast furnace and get it to operate in temperature. Like you gotta think about it, it's 3,000. You're getting, you know, between 2,500 and 3,000 degrees is where you're melting metal, you know. So um it takes it takes a lot of effort, a lot of preparation, um, you know, a lot of effort and determination to, to just execute an iron pour. So that's where the collaborative process is is so important because everybody has a role, you know, and uh at the same time everybody's looking out for everybody else because there's hot metal you know, flying around and it, and it's dangerous, you know. Um, so yeah, man, I, I love the whole process. Everything about it is fantastic. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it definitely sounds like it. And so do you think that your time spent in the military, you know, being on teams and collaborating, do you think that that experience has helped you in the, in the art realm with collaboration? So that, that's interesting that you said that because this new um, workshop series that I'm actually um, trying to put, I'm, I'm in the stages, the developmental stages right now, creating some curriculum 
I'm working with some art therapists, uh, exploring some different possibilities, which way it could go. But I want to do, you know, art therapy, right? Specifically PTSD based, you know, uh, for, for veterans. And, and the reason why I want to do that is because the experience that I can provide in the foundry is very similar to a military campaign. And it's where people can come together and get that sense of camaraderie that, you know, that it's, it's almost lost when you, when you leave the military, unless you actively pursue it. You know, there's, there's a lot of organizations out there right now that are doing great things. Team Red, White, and Blue, um, you know, Mission Continues, Wounded Warriors got a lot of good, you know, programming, PTSD especially. Um, but you know, unless you actively seek camaraderie, that's like one of the things that we miss as veterans is being part of a team, having a mission, being able to execute and, you know, stand back and celebrate, you know what I mean? Um, so being part of an iron pour, it, it kind of affords you all those things. And at the same time, you get to experience that that healing process that happens when you're collaborating with others, you know, in, in, in a creative spirit. That's awesome, man. Very, very awesome. So, you know, what, what message do you, do you want to say, you know, um, we might have some folks that are currently in the military listening. We might have some veterans listening to, to this podcast. So what, what's your advice for people, um, that may be out there and, and, you know, you don't want them to have the, the same experiences that you had when you got out. So what are some things or some words of advice that, that you'd, you'd want to share with them? Um, well, first things first, right? Don't let your ego get in the way, right? Because everybody thinks, oh, I got this. I mean, they breed it into you, you know, you're indoctrinated with that mindset in boot camp, you know, basic training. Uh, well, especially in the Marine Corps anyway, you know, it's adapt and overcome, right? So the thing about that is you have to be able to, you know, you have to be able to ask for help when it comes down to um, A lot of people, they don't realize that the effects of, you know, being in, in a combat situation might not show themselves right away. You might get out and think you're all right, but you're not all right, you know? My advice to everyone who's coming out of the military right now is to take advantage of all the uh, services that are being offered and then go above and beyond. If, if you feel like uh, you, know, you need some help in a certain area, just start looking. There's so many great resources available for veterans today that weren't available when I was getting out, you know. And nowadays with the internet, it's even easier. You know, when I got out of the military, there wasn't even cell phones, right? So it was a totally different world, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, lever definitely. Leverage your resources. That's that's my um that's my best advice to anyone getting out of the military. Keep your mental health in check, you know, ask for help when you need it and, and leverage your resources. 
for sure. Awesome. And those are definitely really, really great tips. And so, you know, how long have you had your business now? So you're, you're the owner of the art studio. So right. how long has yeah. that been in works? So basically I created the studio a few years ago, uh, formed an LLC, you know, been doing some work here and there, some commission stuff. Um, mostly working with other artists. I kind of want to focus on public art, uh, really large installations, um, getting ready to apply for Eastern State Penitentiary. It's like a, the old prison in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's uh, like the museum now. So they do these giant installations there. Uh, I'm trying to get in over there with a big piece I got conceptualizing right now. Um, you know, a few other things going on. Awesome. Awesome. And so what else, what else does the future hold for, for you and Vanessa? Um, you know, we're working through our stuff just like any couple. Um, and she's got her own business plans that she's trying to get off the ground. You know, she, uh, graduated from FIT in Manhattan. So, She's a, she's a fashionista. She's going to try and launch a clothing line here pretty soon. Yeah, I mean, it's just us um, and our dogs, you know, and uh, we just got a house not too far from the studio. So, uh, yeah, just like everybody else, man, trying to make it through, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's right. awesome. Well, hey, you know, I, I appreciate you sharing your story. I, I know it it's something that you just recently started talking about. And, right. you know, the one thing that I, I can tell you right off the bat is it is going to inspire others. You know, when right. when you've gone through something, you've experienced something. And I mean, you served a long sentence. You know, Like you said, there's plenty of people that uh, like didn't actually make it through. You know, so so now you have this amazing story to be able to be able to tell that deals with real life stuff. You know, there's a lot of people that have aspirations to to leaving and going into the military. And it's it's phenomenal to be able to serve your country. But like like you said, when you get out, you just have to be prepared. So, you know, I appreciate and applaud you for sharing your story and for giving those tips for folks that might be getting out or maybe there's people that are in that are going to hear that information. Maybe there's other veterans that are listening and, and that are going to hear that. And, and maybe it's going to inspire them to, to tell their story or to take some type of action. Right. Uh, because I think, uh, I think you hit it right on the head that it's, it's all about not letting your ego get the best of you. And I think as human beings, it's super easy for us to, to want to just be that, be the tough guys, right. To be the, the tough person yeah. and to not ask for that help. Um, yeah. So. There, you know, there's a lot of misconceptions flying around, but um, you just got to own your stuff basically, you know, just got to own it, man. That's what it's coming down to. Being on LinkedIn has been great because uh, it's such a supportive community, you know, um, and it's, it, 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 it's pretty authentic. You, you meet a lot of really cool people. So that's been great help too. That's awesome. So how long have you been on the platform? Um, it's funny because when I came home from prison, I opened up a por- uh, profile, but I never really used it. 
and you know you're talking about like 2007 or 2008 or whenever it was, it was a long time ago and uh i just recently created a new profile and uh at you know at the encouragement of the, the folks at bunker labs right so a huge shout out to bunker labs right by the way because without them i wouldn't be talking to you for sure um but they're the ones that kind of push me to use LinkedIn to uh, you know find other people who are driving in the same lane and to network and to broaden you know broaden your horizons man uh, it's it's a great platform I'm really glad that I started engaging absolutely yeah and my story is very similar to yours I I've had LinkedIn for uh, what I think is a really long time and I actually didn't start getting active until April of of 2019. And when I had logged onto the platform, probably similar to your experience, it was like a whole new world. It was, there was video, there was, you know, all these different people creating content and articles and all this, this stuff. And, and I started to, to realize very quickly how supportive the community was, you know, how awesome it was to be able to engage in conversation, you know, really contextual oh, yeah. conversations. Oh, and then, man. you know, start to take those relationships offline, like jumping offline. Off right. Exactly, man. You like, know? I can't believe how many people I met already, like in person, face to face that I met on LinkedIn. It's like amazing, you know? Yeah. And that's really, and I'm talking about true, like true connections, real relationships where, you know, you sit down and you break bread with somebody and, you know, it's like, man, it's amazing, dude. Absolutely. And I, I definitely feel, feel the same way about the, the platform. So, um, so do you have a, do you have a website? Do you have, do you have ways that people can, can reach you or is LinkedIn the, the best place for people to reach out to you if they have any questions? Maybe they're, maybe they're in a similar spot that you or Maybe they just got out of the military. You know, if, if people want to actually reach out to you and just uh, pick your brain a little bit, is there, what's the best way to reach you? All right. So like I said, I've been, uh, you know, I've had a social media phobia for me many years so i haven't really been too active i do have a facebook account i do have an instagram account for evolution art studio um crazy props to tinker labs uh my buddy andrew german who put together a website for me for evolution art studio so it's www.evolutionartstudio.com um just got that up and running even though you're going to go there and the content needs to be tweaked a little because we just basically vomited it out just to get something up and running. But um, it should give you somewhat of an idea what I'm up to. And uh, you could always go to 555arts.org. That's 555arts.org. And uh, that's the nonprofit that uh, currently um, part of awesome. and that gives you more of an overall view of our mission and our progress you know and they also have a facebook page 555 
Awesome. Well, I'll definitely make sure that, uh, you know, after the call, we'll, we'll get all those, your social links and we'll put them in the show notes, put your website in there. So that way, if people want to, want to reach out to you, you never know how many people that you're going to impact because of this, because of this conversation. And, and again, I want to just say uh, kudos to you for being open, being willing to share and um, uh, I think there's big things that are going to be happening in the world of Jay Elias coming up. So, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I'm, I don't care if it's big. I just want it to be good. So if, uh, if I could just help one person, right, just one, then it's a good thing. And mission accomplished, brother. You did a great job, Jordan. Thank you. Hey, no problem. Hey, I really appreciate your time. And um, I hope to talk to you here soon. Amen, bro. What a powerful story of change and perseverance and not giving up. You know, I know there's a lot of people out there that are dealing with uh, PTSD that maybe were in the military or maybe it was from relationships. So, you know, if you're dealing with these things, uh, like Jay said, the best thing is, is to ask for help. There are plenty of organizations out there like Bunker Labs, which I'll definitely put in the show notes, that can help people out that are dealing with certain traumas. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. It was super enlightening for me to hear this story, and I appreciated him being so transparent. I cannot wait to share the next episode with you.